my beautiful, hopeless romantics. Welcome to the third episode of Booknugs and Pillow Talks. I hope you've had an amazing start to the new year, and I hope you're getting through that new year resolution list like it's your bitch. Until the end of January, let's be honest. start of the new year i thought that we'll just start everything on a good note and that means i'm going to talk about one of my most favorite k-dramas of 2023 that included an extremely lovable green flag boyfriend so last episode we talked all about green flag boyfriends what they are what they do and particularly nathan hawkins the hotty hot hotty hockey player that stole our hearts last year so this time i'm going to talk about a k-drama that included a very green flag character last episode if you remember i rattled off a few k-dramas that included green flags but this k-drama i didn't include because i wanted to like have a whole episode of it and talk about it and gush over it so that you guys can definitely be forced to go watch it the gay drama I'm going to talk about today is King the Land. It came out in June of 2023 and it stole the hearts of K-drama watchers out there out of fucking nowhere. Because the couple in that series was a very, very highly anticipated and requested couple. Yuna and Lee Jun-hoo killed it at a dance performance for Senorita a few years prior. You just have to go search it and watch it. The chemistry is fucking insane in that video. And they are very good pals together. So everybody was like, guys, you guys have to play a movie together. They're both insanely hot actors and they just light up the screen with hotness when you watch the whole K-drama. Right, so let's get into it. King the Land is a office romance K-drama. So the girl, usually in these situations, it's the girl. But we have had exceptional K-dramas that have included the girl as the CEO and the guy as the poor person who works for the CEO. So, you know, a very rare thing that happens, but it's there. The most common thing is that the girl is from an average lower than average family and she works in the company that the guy is the boss of this k-drama is only a small part of a whole empire of office romances korea has the talent to make one of the most cliche office romances multiple times and each time the story has its unique effect on you even the, if the whole thing is the exact same plot almost so if you want to like start from one of the best to another one of the best 2016 was the peak year 2016 17 and 2014 also was it the peak year for k-dramas the best romance k-dramas came out during that time and even now if you go and rewatch those k-dramas you're like yeah those were the times strong girl bong soon was one of the k-dramas that came out that year and it was an office romance k-drama and it was unique due to the way it empowered women more than the K-dramas tended to empower women in that time. 
The next K-drama is What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, which was also one of those K-dramas that had a really good feeling when you watched it. And Park Seo-joon, who has just recently starred in a Marvel movie, and he has done an exceptional job, was the main character in that K-drama. And he is exceptional. Guys, he is so fucking amazing in that K-drama. He is iconic. Every other role he's had, he was amazing. But that role just shines through. He was funny, he was charismatic, and he was like everything. It was one of his best K-dramas, in my opinion. So then we have the most heard of, probably, because it's it got really hyped on Netflix, is Business Proposal. So Business Proposal is a 12-episode K-drama, and... It's very compact and everything just happens very like fast and right to the point and there is not much conflict. The second lead couple is so much hotter than the main couple. You have to go watch it to know what I mean. And it was a very cute K-drama and fun K-drama to watch and feel good feel good about it. Then we came to Kingdom Land that came out in June and the different thing is there were some scenes in this K-drama that made Guvon, the main character, a greener flag than the other K-drama office romance MMCs we've seen so far. There were other office romances this year also. Destined with You, with the amazing acting of Ruvon, was one of the best office romances as well in 2023. And in my opinion... Like, Rovon should play more grumpy characters. He always plays that fun sunshine character. Give him more grumpy characters. That man has a range, okay? And he needs to play more grumpy characters in three-piece suits that make all of us go... I'm not gonna finish that sentence. So before we get into the whole theory of Viking the Land was... uh, a little bit more special than other Office K-dramas that came out prior to it, I'm going to explain some terms that you might hear from me when I'm talking about K-dramas. And since this is the first episode that I'm dedicating to a K-drama, let's just explain these terms. So the second lead couple, you might have heard it outside of the K-drama world as well. The second lead couple is the couple that is the second most important couple or the second most important characters in the movie or drama that you're watching okay it's the like side character but like the most important ones after the main characters usually they become a couple and they're usually the best friends of the main characters or like sisters or brothers and or you know close family or friends or whatever colleagues then we have the second lead syndrome this usually happens when there is a love triangle in a k-drama or It's not exactly a love triangle because, you know, the girl has to have a liking towards both men at some point and choose one of them to for it to be a love triangle. These usually happen when there is a guy that has, for example, had a crush on the girl for a while or has a crush on the girl when she meets the other main character and he doesn't get the girl. And that infuriates you because he is more suitable for the girl and you like this guy more than the main guy who actually ended up with the girl. 
one of the very very famous k-dramas that had this second lead syndrome in them was true beauty no one no one can convince me that the second lead actor in that k-drama did not deserve the girl okay i'm sorry but it's true you wanted to make the rich asshole end up with the girl and you didn't want the guy who cared more about her to end up with the girl i don't get why you wanted to do that but well i would never accept it he was very heartbroken and we were heartbroken with him when he didn't end up with the girl in romance k-dramas that include a rich and poor person there are usually parents rich as parents who are total dicks to the poor person so they don't accept the girl usually and they want to get her out of the guy's life recently k-dramas have developed a little have improved their ways and they've made the parents better and more caring to their children so that they don't really go against their whole relationship they want to but they don't really have a very strong effect because even in k-dramas it's a cliche thing for the rich parent to be like i'm paying you to stay away from my son so it's too much of a cliche for them to include it again in k-dramas in a way that it would affect the plot very very profusely So let's get into that summary. Guwon is our main male character and Sarang is our main female character. It's usually common for the guys in these K-dramas to be geniuses and very hardworking, like workaholics that are addicted to their jobs and they just don't want any other thing to distract them from their work. That's usually how these things go. But this time, Guwon is a spoiled brat kinda in the beginning and he only comes to work for his father's company because an anonymous person sends Guwon a message and tells him that his mother used to work in the hotels that his father now owns and this causes him to want to know what happened to his mother who left him when he was very young and he comes to work in the hotels Sarang is our very passionate, hard-working hostess in the hotel who went up the ranks quite fast because she was very much dedicated to her job. And she really cared about the guests in the hotel and she really wanted all of them to have a very special experience in King Hotels. And she also came to King Hotels with her mom, so she finds it very special to work in that environment. So they don't go off on a good start. because there are some misunderstandings and Sorang accuses him of sending her inappropriate messages and it was someone else so but it, and it was not him and it was a misunderstanding but let me say that is almost the only miscommunication that you're going to get from that couple during this there aren't any frustrations that happen in this K-drama you're not going to be like oh just talk to each other just come on just do something just don't stand there looking at each other doing nothing about what you actually feel towards each other that kind of scene 
almost doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist, really. Just a side note I need to include because it's kind of important. Usually, writers include a very specific characteristic to these rich people from a very specific childhood trauma. So they always have childhood traumas. And they are usually affected by these traumas. And they usually have a very specific fear or characteristic. For example, in What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, the guy was afraid of cable ties because he was kidnapped when he was a child and was uh, and his feet were wrapped in cable ties for him not to be able to run away in business proposal the guy was afraid of the rain because he lost his parents in the rain he had panic attacks when the rain occurred and everything and the thing about guon is that he absolutely loathes smiles especially fake ones the ones that these service people provide you because they want you to feel you know welcome and everything he absolutely hates smiles and the irony is sarang has the most wonderful the brightest smile that you might find in that whole hotel chain she smiles like the sun whenever she smiles she can light up her room and he absolutely loathes it and it's absolutely cute to watch that there are times that he accuses her of that ex- smile being fake and everything and she tries to defend herself and they get off on this rocky start that he thinks that she always gives out fake smiles and she's always like well he's a total ass to think that because I love my job. Through the first like 4 to 5 episodes one thing leads to another and Guwon finds himself infatuated with Sarang. He actually likes her. And she is dealing with her asshole boyfriend until episode 4 where she officially breaks up with him. And it's actually her birthday. Guys, that birthday episode alone should make you go watch it. Because there are some scenes in that that are so fucking adorable and green flag from Guvon that you can't even like fathom how much this guy is just so fictional. Let me just give you just a little hint of what he does. So she's crying on her birthday. And because her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, showed up again asking for her to like come back to him. Even though he was a douchebag. And she says no and goes and cries in a very high place that she can see soul from. And he comes to her and... He knows that it's her birthday and he says that I'm going to take you home. She wa- she falls asleep in his car and he goes to these shops and he obsesses over what he can buy and how he can buy the right size for her. So he like uh, measures the length of her shoulder with the length of his hand. He measures the size of her foot in a very complicated way that I can't actually tell you. You have to go see. But just know that he just sits in his side of the car and he takes his hand in a way that he can measure it with the, you know, length of his fingers. And then he goes into the shop and finds out which one has the same length and it's so cute to watch. Then he takes her to a restaurant and says that it's your birthday. Let's have something to eat. And when she says that these fit perfectly, he's like, yeah, I grabbed whatever that was there. I hope that you wouldn't just hate it. I didn't really put any effort. I didn't have any time to put any effort. 
and you know he hides it all of it but he was obsessing over how he can get the right size the right style and write everything for her about these new k-dramas new office romances usually in romances before the this era guys were in denial for like five to six episodes they were like no way do i like that girl i do not like that girl but recently in these k-dramas the guys are like yeah i like her i'm going to tell her tomorrow And the interesting thing is, next to being in denial, these guys usually didn't believe in love. We all know how that story goes. Love is not real, it's all whatever, I'm only addicted to my work, I'm only married to my work and everything. Guys, that doesn't exist. Like, recently, writers have thought, okay, that's bullshit. All of these guys should know that. And in these recent K-dramas, the guys are like, yeah, um... I have realized that I like her and I'm going to tell her and I'm going to date her. And the most important thing is that the girls usually play a little hard to get and take a little while to actually start liking the guy, which is very interesting. It's kind of like a Pride and Prejudice thing that is going on. Uh, Mr. Darcy goes and she's like, well, you've been rude to me. And he's like, "Okay, I'll fix myself. And then they fall in love again. She falls in love again. So, yeah, Guon realizes that he likes her way earlier than her. And the jealousy episodes that start because of an Arab prince that comes to the hotel and uh, Sarang is chosen to host him. And the jealousy episodes, the way that he is so obsessed with her and the way that he really, really, really waits and waits and waits over her messages. Like he sends a text and stares at his phone for the next few hours for the hope that she will text him back. And since they're not allowed phones in their work area, like they have to put their phones aside when they're working. He is a total simp over this girl. It is a adorable another adorable thing is how he really really tries to get the approval of her grandmother who is you know her authority figure in her life and the approval of her grandmother to like him and for her to like you know give the approval of them dating dating together he is trying so hard for that and it's another very cute and fun thing to watch you just gotta go watch it it's so cute all right now we come to that one point where guvon set the standard and set that difference between him and the other office romance mmcs why i'm differentiating it because as office romance is maybe in other romances we've seen this but in office romance gay dramas we have never seen a scene like this all right what he does guvon doesn't know how to cook in the beginning okay in the first maybe five episodes he doesn't know how to cook he goes and learns how to cook 
invites Sarang over to cook for her. And then when one thing leads to another and you're in that position that they're going to kiss and he brings his lips closer to hers and then pauses panting like he is his heart is like beating and he is he's barely breathing he's like panting and everything but he asks do i have permission to do this as i said last episode i do not know when the bar went so fucking low for us for us to be turned on by the ask of consent from a guy but it has happened and it is a fucking turn on to see it visually in a K-drama guys the sprinklers have gone off in this scene and they're like wet regrettable choice of words but you know what i mean Guwon leans in. Both of them are breathing hard. They're like panting and like, you know, barely keeping away from each other. But he stops, pauses, just like inches away from her lips. And he's like, do I have permission? And when she gives the okay by like putting her hands around her neck and everything, he gives her a kiss that by watching, I know that it's a, a kiss of a lifetime okay it is so passionate that i wonder how these actors are not dating each other after this and so begins the dating era and the comedic era of them not wanting to know their best friends and their uh, colleagues that they're dating each other so it's a whole two or three fun episodes of them hiding it and finally you know they get exposed and everything and it's so comedic to watch because it's a romantic comedy and you need those comedic moments and the found family moments because this is also a found family where there are six characters here like th- with the side characters there are six people who make a family together the best friends you know and the second lead couple is also hot and it's a new actor the mmc is a new actor who is actually 1 year older than me and when i figured that out i was like holy shit this guy's there in a k drama acting alongside these people and the person that he is the boyfriend of in the k drama is older than him i think by 7 to 8 years which is like i'm like bro i don't know what what formula you used for success but keep it going man that's amazing after these three or four fun episodes you're going to expect a conflict it's very usual it's very expected Usually these things happen, and in office romance gay dramas, these are even more common since the parent or the scandals that are going to come out and be like, oh my god, these guys are dating each other. And guys, one scene after the news come out comes out that these two are dating each other and all of the people in the hotel are talking about it. Oh my god, she was all over him, she flirted with him she was the one who like you know went on to him and everything and there is a scene in the elevator where people are like all 
bunched up together in the elevator, and Sarong's colleague starts telling her that, yeah, okay, you were, you know, all over him, and you started flirting with him, and you're the one who hit on him first, and you were the one who flirted with him first. And because, you know, the elevator is filled, you can't see who is in there, like who's in the back. And so Sarong is being very respectful. She's like, she doesn't want to talk back to her colleague. And she's like, please have enough information before you talk about this stuff. And it wasn't like that. But she's not trying to confirm nor deny anything. Suddenly, Kuvon's voice comes from the back and he's like, I hit on her first. Ah, butterflies. And he goes like, if you need a lesson about how we came to be, just come to me. If you have any more questions, you can come to me. But before that, know that I hit on her first. I was the one who liked her first. And then I flirted with her and she accepted me. Guys, please come on. Like the way... He was so confident about giving his girl the power was so hot to watch. It's also one of the other things that makes it so significant from other K-dramas that you've seen. Right, so the conflict doesn't come. There is literally no conflict that causes a third act breakup. There is one conflict that you expect would cause a third act breakup, but it does not. And it is a very, very joyous surprise to see that. This happens usually when the guy goes on a business trip. I don't know what it is about business trips in K-dramas that suddenly all means of communication cease to exist. Like, we have WhatsApp, we have... The Koreans have, I don't know what it's called, Kakao, whatever. It's, it's an app like that. They have that, they have WhatsApp, they have FaceTime, and they had iPhones in that K-drama. And they have a million other communication ways. But three weeks, this guy went to a business trip and he didn't even bother to like call her or she didn't bother to call him. What the fuck, man? I don't get that. But okay, I'm going to go past that and get into the fact that there wasn't an actual conflict. I talked about how these rich parents try to like take the girl away from the guy. There is apparently a hotel branch that is like the worst branch in King Hotels. It's a place where the employees that are exiled go to and they can never come back to the place they worked in before. And Saran gets sent there by, by this guy's father, by Guwon's father. And during these three weeks, she works there and she bonds with the place. She actually likes the place. She actually likes her colleagues and everything. Guwon comes back and suddenly his mother is also back and he has some kind of like a closure-like scene with her, his mother, which is so emotional to watch. The way that first he comes in so like dry and without saying anything and then leaves and then puts his hand on his heart and comes back and hugs his mother and cries a little and then leaves. It is so emotional to watch that scene. Then he goes to get his girl. 
he goes to that hotel branch, sees Sarang in front of the doors, and he's like, I'm here to take you home. And they look at each other in a way, and Sarang looks at him in a way that I knew you'd be here, and I knew you'd come for me, and I waited for you. You're late, but I'm so happy that you came. So when I say there's no miscommunication or there are no like insignificant reasons for these guys to break up, this is what I mean. Sarang, if this was any other normal office romance K-drama, would be like, we're not meant for each other, like... I don't love you anymore. I lost my job because of you, blah, 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 blah. And then he'd figure out that it was his father and come back to her and save her. And, you know, we'd miss like two episodes of domesticity by these guys. And we didn't want that. And the writers didn't want that. And they were so happy with just making them happy. In a very sexy act, since... Gumon sees that Sarang is so obsessed with this hotel. Not obsessed, she likes this hotel. And apparently the owner of the hotel is trying to sell the hotel. And the, the employees are trying to keep the hotel afloat so that he wouldn't, but finances don't allow it. So Gumon is eating dinner with the, colleague, the co-workers and the colleagues of Sarang. And the owner comes in and is all like gushing over Gumon. Oh my god. Sir, I didn't know you were here. You should have told me. And I was in fishing with some people and I was trying to sell them the hotel and everything. And he's like, so you're not even thinking about improving anything here for it to be better and improve in the financial matter and be profitable for you. He's like, no, this place has nothing. This city has nothing. He gets up in a very sexy, thought-out, genius showing manner and gives out a whole presentation out of nowhere about how he's going to buy this hotel and he's going to renovate it and he's going to make this hotel the tourist attraction of this city of this small town let's say and at that moment I believe Sarang was thinking of doing very unfamily-friendly things to him in that very family-friendly hotel. I mean, it's not very uncommon of him to seem so hot. There was also a scene in the beginning of the drama when they were not yet a couple where he'd, he'd booked a suit in the hotel for her because she'd worked very hard that day for that Arab prince and told her to rest. In the morning, somebody had knocked her door and he was in the room because he uh, he'd came to see her in the morning. And she was like panicking and like, oh my God, they're going to see me here and they're going to see you here and they're going to misunderstand and everything. And he was like, go hide. I'll take care of this. Guys, he went to the door, unbuttoned the three buttons on the top of his all black outfit all black tux and shirt and everything else then unbuttoned his cuffs rolled off his sleeves in a way to show his forearms which i know he knows that it is sexier than a porno to do that and then he opened the door and with a really like gruff voice told the person who had came to like welcome him to the suit that he booked that day and he and he was like Please leave me alone until 3 p.m. I don't want to be bothered until 3 p.m. And then he closes the door. Oh, guys. 
Sarang comes out and he's she's like, I'll just leave. You know what? I'll just leave and I'll I'm completely arrested now. I don't need any more rest. And he just says, Okay, you're not the type of person to listen to me. So he grabs her, swipes her up bridal style, takes her to the room, lays her down on the bed, pulls the covers on her, and leaves. Until that moment that he steps out of the door, you're like, damn, this guy had this guy has some nerves to be that confident. But the moment he gets out and closes the door behind him, he puts his hand on his beating fucking heart and for a moment just breathes, nods, and then continues on his way. <sighs> I just love that scene. And he's wearing all black and it's so hot. And he rolled his cuffs up so that his forearms would show we all know that is a fucking turn on okay we all know that and he probably as the an actor also fucking knows that oh another interesting fact this guy was written by a woman and it's her first k-drama that she's written and has uh, been turned into a k-drama so, you know, take that in mind. She's, he's also a man written by a woman. Now, let's get back to the end episodes where we're getting closer to a closure. So, another thing I want to point out. Guvon actually works. Like, he takes his responsibilities seriously. After a few encounters or few dinners with Sarang that he he's had and she talks about his, her responsibilities and the things that the people of service tend to do and do for the upper class people and everything and the things that the upper class people should be considerate about. So Guvon establishes the belief and wants to establish the belief in the company that the employees make the company and we should care about our employees and we should take care of them. So Sarang is Guvon's inspiration. She's the person that made him who he is. She's the person that made him the CEO of King Hotels. Because she goes on a war with his older, older ass bitch sister who tries to sabotage everything he does. And he goes on a war with her to win their father over on who he chooses as CEO. And he wins him over and he becomes CEO. And then... So he's developed, right? His character has developed and it's almost done. But Sarangir, our girl, is slowly starting to realize that being a top hotel concierge is not exactly what she wanted to do with her life. Serving the people of the higher class and being a literal server to them, that is the highest rank in King Hotels, the dream team as they call it, is not what she was aspiring to be when she was dreaming about working in a hotel. She realizes that the reason she came into hotels was to put a smile on the people's faces. And the reason that she came into this job was to make people feel welcome. But then she realizes if the highest rank for me is to just serve these rich people and just continue my days being like a maid to them... That's not the life I was looking for. On the day that Guvon, my man, has decided to propose to Sarang and takes her to dinner, she is very nervous. 
And suddenly she just goes, I cannot do this anymore. She decides that she cannot do this anymore. That moment shocks all of us for a second, just a second, before you realize that no, this is not the this is not the truth. The writers have been too good for us to include a third act breakup in like the last fucking minute. So this is not a third act breakup. And when you start the next episode, Sarang is like, I can't work in King Hotels anymore. And until that moment, Guvon is like almost having a panic attack. He's almost dead, literally. His eyes go wide a little and he just sits there frozen think in his mind going like oh my god i wanted to propose to her and she's breaking up with me what the fuck is going on here and everything you can see these thoughts flash before his eyes the moment she says i can't do this anymore and then he goes okay can you elaborate on that and then she goes i can't work for king hotels anymore and he's like so what made you come to that decision and she's she explains to him what i told you right now and he puts the ring aside the ring he'd hidden for the proposal aside looks at her smiles at her and says you know i think this was exactly the thing i wanted to hear from you tonight he canceled a lot of things that night he had a drone show going on for her for fuck's sake but he said it's the exact thing i wanted to hear from you tonight and then he said through this way that you're going to start your own business and you're go- you want to start your own hotel there are going to be too many hardships too many days that you're going to be like i don't want to do this anymore And when those days arrive, I want you to immediately call me and I'll be there and I'll help you and I'll help you reach your dreams. Guvon postponed his proposal to the girl of his dreams to support her in her own dreams. How can that be more of a green flag? How can anything be more of a green flag than that? And episode 16 is just a soft episode of how Sarang is looking for a place to turn into her small bedding, bedding breakfast she's got in her mind that she wants to start as her first business. And Guvon going through his CEO affairs. And in a press conference, he mentions that Sarang was the person that made him care about employees and care about his job and care about everything. So yeah. He thanks her and he drives over to that bed and breakfast spot that she finally gets going on because it's a little farther from the city every fucking night after work for any excuse that he can find. He's like, okay, you were out of toilet paper. You were you. I had to change this lamp. I had to take out the trash. I had to do this. I had to do that. And every time she welcomes him with open arms and they have a lot of fun together and One time, Sarang decides that, okay, I need to hire a part-time employee so that that person can work on weekends so that I can, you know, spend time with you. So she puts an ad that she's hiring and she interviews these people and none of them seem suitable. There's a scene that Guvon is the interviewee and she smiles at him and like 
she she jokingly uh, asks him to give a genuine smile because she thinks that he can't give a genuine smile and he does that and it's so fucking adorable to watch this scene and then she's like okay you're hired for the weekends and he's like uh, but the interview in my opinion is not over yet and she says why is that and he goes over kneels in front of her and says will you marry me <sighs> guys it's like full circle you know it's so beautiful she has reached her dreams she has her bed and breakfast going on and it ha- it's filled up with reservations for the next like three months or so and he's the ceo he- everything's going great in the hotels just this little cute moment of them together and him proposing to her is just one of the softest moments you can watch in a K-drama. It's so cute. So fucking amazing. And I recommend I recommend especially for our girls who like to watch something soft on their painful period days this K-drama is the antidote. Go watch it guys. You will never regret it. I promise you. I'm going to be honest with you guys. The reason, one of the many reasons that this podcast takes a lot of time to upload is because I record in segments. And that means I record my segments during a period of days. So that means that whenever I record something or whenever I want to record something, I've either rewatched or reread that book one more time or I'm going to reread that book after recording a segment to remember if I've forgotten any details that I should have talked about. So in the event of talking about King the Land, I had to go ahead and rewatch some of the episodes and see if I've missed something. And I saw that I missed a very important aspect that I had an obsession over days, weeks, months after the show. I still do, to be honest, but you know, it's a very important aspect. I'm going to talk about it now. As the actor, Lee Jong-ho himself says, he's worked a lot on this aspect of his body and he is very proud of it. By the aspect of body, I mean his ass. Guys, Lee Jong-ho's ass in a three-piece suit in every single goddamn episode in this show was something that my eyes were like fixated on. And it was something that cinematographers were also fixated on because they just did some camera work there that you just couldn't unsee the ass. Guys, that motherfucker has an exceptional ass. And I was talking literally when I said that he's also aware of this fact and he's very proud of it because in one interview, he talks about the fact that he's very proud of the butt that he's developed and he's worked very hard to give it that shape no joke guys you can search this you can look it up or you can dm me and i can send you the link to that interview when i heard it i was like okay then you have no problem with us obsessing over that ass there is an other scene korean actors have the tendency to be lean but fucking muscular as shit underneath 
when you see those actors in these loose shirts and their tuxes and everything, you're like, they're thin, but they're not muscular. On the contrary, guys, they are muscular. They have abs that you would never expect. There is a scene that Lee Jun-ho is wearing an unbuttoned white shirt. To all my period film-loving girlies out there, Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, Bridgerton, and so on, we all know the effect of white shirts, unbuttoned white shirts, and of course, wet white shirts on attractive men, right? And this man had the audacity to come out with this unbuttoned white shirt that showed off his six-packs. And I'm telling you, those six-packs, like washboard abs, he created that definition. You can literally climb that thing. Right, next thing I want to talk about is comedy at its finest. Guys, the bromance between Uvon and his secretary is on point. I love it so much. One of the things that you might enjoy even more than romance in K-dramas is the bromance that you see between the actors. There are a lot of acting and there are a lot of dramas that have happened that the people have just obsessed over the bromance and not even slightly over the romance, which is a very amusing thing to think about. Comedy is at its fucking finest. You have the drama, you have the little sweet, intimate moments, but you always have the comedy. The comedy never ceases to surprise you because it actually makes you laugh. Sometimes they just make you cringe in a, like, you want to laugh, but you also want to cringe. But these scenes sometimes just literally genuinely make you laugh. Moments of vulnerability. These are some very unique scenes in K-dramas. Usually these happen in the midst of anger. So like the guy doesn't willingly get vulnerable. Like something happens that he's forced to be vulnerable. But this is not something that happens here. The guy willingly talks about his traumatic experience, opens up to the girl, which is, you know, steps of having a healthy relationship is when you go further, you open up to that person with your vulnerabilities and your darkest secrets or your darkest fears. So the fact that he was afraid or at least he hated smiles, he had to have an explanation for that, right? We hadn't, we knew the explanation, but she didn't know why he was always aware of like smiles and very of them and he really didn't like them so there was a moment of vulnerability included completely in a date night they were on that the guy just planned to do this and to talk about his past to tell her about all the things that haunt him till this day and all the things that she's making better so that moment of vulnerability and uh, the support that he got from the girl is very sweet and intimate and very very needed and 
not always do you have to like be forced into vulnerability like something bad happens or a shadow from the past appears and the guy is like forced to get away from the girl and the girl finds him in a state of vulnerability but this was not the case and i really like that that they included that that they made that happen that he actually just simply explained and opened up to her why he didn't like smiles or why he was wary of them As I said before, cinematography really focused nicely on the ass of Lee Jun-hoo, which I completely understand. But all in all, the cinematography was very nice. There were some scenes that gave you La La Land vibes, you know, like very few. Okay, I'm not saying this is a masterpiece, Oscar winning thing. But there were some scenes that gave you these feels that you got when you watched the good parts of La La Land and I really enjoyed those scenes you can easily spot them and they're some of the rare scenes that don't usually happen in these kinds of cheesy romantic comedies they're kind of like things that cinematographers usually save for things that will get more cinematic recognition but they had some here and I was really glad that they included these artistic shots as well Jumping to the other subject, because I'm technically a little bit ADHD, you have to deal with it. Miscommunication, as I said, doesn't exist. But I want to explain another scene that proved this to us. In every rich-poor plot, there is usually that one girl. I mean, if you watch Hallmark movies, especially those royal Christmas Hallmark movies, you'll know exactly what I mean. There's that one girl that is destined to be from with this guy, that is like matched with this guy from the moment bo- they're both born. So like the families are like, these guys are going to get married to each other. They are fiancés from this moment. And they tend to be, in these series, either exes or very good friends. And usually the girl is like completely pining over for the guy, but the guy is like, nah, I don't want to marry you, like... You're like my sister. It's either that or their exes. It didn't work out. But she's still the rival for the main character girl. Anyways, that girl here is actually, as I said, a family friend. And they're having this lunch thing together where the girl has to be the server of. So she enters the room and something dramatic happens. She drops something, breaks it and everything. And then the episode finishes. As a professional K-drama watcher, you'd be like, oh shit, this is a miscommunication. She's going to be like, well, great, you're already destined to marry another girl, but you're having a relationship with me. This is very messed up, so I want to break up and everything. I I don't want to talk to you anymore or whatever. You go with this like mindset to the next episode. But in the next episode, as the boy is like trying to be like, oh my god, how am I going to talk to her again she's not gonna listen to me and he calls her and he says like let's go to this restaurant that we went to before and he's there waiting he's wallowing over his sadness that she's not she's gonna break up with me right now she comes sits down and she's like i need to follow my heart i can't do this i need to put my mind before my heart when going into this and he's looking at her confused and also very sad and says i'll work on us i'll i promise i'll do something about it i won't let it happen again i'll talk to my father and everything and she's like what are you talking about i'm talking about the maid 
gig that I had going on serving you guys. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I want to be a concierge. I don't want to be a maid. And completely surprised, he replies, "So you're not breaking up with me?" And she goes, "Why the hell would I break up with you?" And he goes on and talks about the fact that you literally heard my dad talk about marriage with that girl over there, and she's like, "Oh, dad, no, I didn't really expect your dad to accept me with open freaking arms. I mean, you haven't gotten the approval of my grandmother just yet." And then it turns into this completely comedic conversation between them about how. He's confident that he's the first person on her grandmother's mind, and so on. And it's very sweet and savory and easy. The miscommunication gone, nothing. It's like the girl is, for the first time, I swear to God, for the first time in K drama history, the girl actually thought she actually put the trust she has for the guy before the things she hears from other people, which is very fucking rare. This shit doesn't happen, guys. This shit doesn't ever happen. It's like always the girl is like, "Yep, because that person that I know nothing of said something, he's been lying to me." The person that I've grown to trust over the matter of like months, right? But surprisingly, I swear to God, as a watcher, I was totally baffled when this happened. I was like, "Since when do we have smart girls?" In K dramas, I know that's a very bad thing to say, but it's true. Sometimes g- girls get these complete misunderstandings that just eat away at you. It's terrible to watch it. I really love that they didn't go with that thing here, and I really love that that their relationship went on without a third act breakup through the whole show. And it's like they had gained our trust for the last episode that I talked about that they were never going to. Do a third breakup in the last episode. I was like, they didn't do it until here, and they're not gonna do it after this too. And they didn't. The writers, the writer who this was her first K drama she'd written, she knew, and I love that about her. I really love that she gained the watchers' trust, and they were all like, "Yeah, shit ain't happening anymore. We've been proven that they're not gonna get a third act breakup." Several times, and they're not gonna get it now. So yeah, it was a very, very comedic moment to watch, and they were completely honest with each other. They had the communication going on, and it's a very green flag and healthy relationship. This is a very nice thing. Now the thing is, some people believe that, especially these watchers that give ratings. They have an obsession with drama. Like the more the drama, the more the rating, which in some cases is extremely true, and it has happened before. But I love that the writers kept the non-drama, including plot, just going through the whole show. It was so fun and so healthy and so unstressful. To watch this show, I am looking for more shows like this to come, and I'm waiting for that writer's next show because it was her first show, and I want her to write more shows. Another thing that this writer has done that has made me fall in love with her is include more kiss scenes. Lee Jun Hoo and Yuna 
the actors have incredible chemistry. So the more intimate scenes, the better, okay? And kiss scenes are like a little bit, I don't know, taboo in K-dramas. They they happen rarely. Contrary to how Korean people really are, they don't like stray away from kisses. It's not at all like that. Or at least I've heard that they're not like that. At least I've heard that the boys really in Korea are not at all like K-drama boys and so it has led me to believe that these scenes are also bullshit that they're not too many kiss scenes in K-dramas but this K-drama did not disappoint almost in every episode after the main kiss we had a kiss which is exactly what I'm asking for I mean come on they're in a Korean drama relationship They are in a romance K-drama. The peak event, the main event and plot point that you're looking forward to, that you're anticipating through every single episode, after that one hug that they fill from seven dimensions is the kiss. And the more from it, the more satisfied you are as a professional K-drama watcher that you got to the point that you've been waiting for for seven or eight episodes. And we've anticipated when kisses will be throughout years. And it felt really good to have one just every episode after the first kiss. So hats off to you, writer, for A, writing that many kiss scenes and some intimate scenes as well that were better than kiss scenes, a.k.a. the white shirt scene. And B, because you wrote an exceptional green flag male character in the office romance genre okay this turned out to be a long one that's what she said i hope you enjoyed this episode i surely enjoyed talking about one of my most favorite k-dramas and i hope you have an amazing next two weeks until our next episode and until you have my voice inside your head Please DM me, tell me about your opinions, tell me what you want me to talk about, and I'll see if I can talk about it or not. I will try my best to do so. And until the next episode, toodles everybody! 